You're listening to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast with Carol Joy Side. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Do you need fresh vision and encouragement for homeschooling? Join Carol and her son, JJ, this year at one of our in-person seminars. Visit our website, homeschoolmadesimple.net forward slash seminars to register today. In this episode, we are returning to part two of Carol's conversation with Dan and Kara Beck. If you missed part one, be sure to go back and listen to that. The Becks share encouragement for homeschooling for the long haul. Listen in. Yeah. So as you look at your older children, um, the character qualities that people respond to in your kids, like, I mean, your kids, I just love them so much. Um, but tell me what other people say to you about your, your older kids. Mm. Well, hard workers, uh, a resounding yes. Um, but they're good workers. They're not, they're not working begrudgingly mm-hmm. uh, i i really respect that in them uh i like that about them um they're thoughtful workers you know it's not uh always we're told that they take initiative or they ask how can i help yes. um i think those things aren't even tied to work they're tied to being neighborly and being character. a good character and development yeah, living living in in community on loving your neighbor, yes. whether you get along with them or not. So, I really really appreciate that about them. That's top to bottom. Um, everybody w- would hire them. Everybody wants to hire them. Right. Um, um, but how they work does matter more to me, and so um, I've I think the older kids uh, have really proven themselves. We had a we had a. Oldest child, she moved out when she was, by the time she was 20. Um, and she just told us, told us one day, uh, she had some Ziploc bags in her car with stuff. And what are they? Well, she'd put together a care bag for homeless people. Oh. And she was in downtown Minneapolis. So I, we didn't do that. She just had them and drove around. And if she saw a homeless person, she gave them whatever she had, socks. I don't even know what she had in there. <laughs> yeah. Because she did that on her own. And, and that's a result uh, of God using her to display love. But I think she did that because she had a sensitivity yes. to to engaging neighbor. Mm-hmm. And it is usually through action. Um, you know, somebody says, uh, you know, you got a coat, be warm and well fed, but you don't give them a coat. You don't give them food. I mean, it's, it's kind of a obnoxious life. Right. So how has homeschool, would you say, spiritually formed your children's relationships with God and and his word and his people? How is it different maybe than if they've not been homeschooled? Well, I mean, from from very early on, we were always reading the Voss Bible. So Bible was the way we started our day was Bible and prayer and seed CDs on the way to church and um, children's happy hour or the children's story hour tapes. Those old tapes. Yeah. Child story hour, I guess. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I read stories with the Millers and just 
we were reading the Psalms, you know, Proverbs for kids, like all the books on your list, you know, that, that I've, I started at a very young age, just even, even for italics, like once they were writing, um, well, and had gone through the Getty Dubay, like, um, they they started writing books of the Bible. So they would write Psalms or Proverbs or John or like for their writing assignment every day, like for 10 or 15 minutes. And I just trusted that handwriting and cursive, the word of God, God would be faithful to write it in their heart. And I chose the book that they were going to do based on quite honestly, the things that I thought they needed most to learn about the character of God. So if one child really struggled with believing he heard their prayers, I would do the Psalms. And if a child was lacking in wisdom or like listening to their conscience, I focused on the Proverbs. Like it just kind of, you know, depended on the child. And, um, and so the Bible was just what we ate. It, it just was what we breathed. Right. And it, yeah. And then the literature that we read for hours and hours, um, everything was about that. Like it, it pointed to the, to the reality of a truth greater than them and, and nature just confirms his glory. And we've always been quite adventurous. So, um, being out in nature and, um, enjoying the splendor of wonder. And we live in a state that has four very distinct seasons um, you know, I just think that all of it supported it without necessarily needing to say it. It just became what we did. And then there were things that just were non-negotiables like around that as they matured and got older, then they owned some of that themselves and, you know, just, yeah, just morphed with their age and maturity. Um, and, and they, they've chosen it for themselves. Yes. Yeah. So in closing, um, you know, in 35 years of working with families, I see a pattern, two patterns. One, a lot of families quit before high school. They they just feel like, well, you know, the ABCs and the one, two, threes, we could handle that. But now you're talking, you know, the big, the big leagues here, and we're not going to be doing calculus and physics and, you know, Latin or whatever. The other trend I see is that in large families... They start off really with that fire in their bones, but then by the time their littles come along, they're starting to farm them out and they're done, they're tired. They don't have the same passion they had, which I completely understand, but it's unfortunate because I feel like in some of these families, the littles are not getting the same care and, and investment that their older siblings got. You guys have not done either of those things that I mentioned. Um, and tell me why. Dan? I, I, I'm a firm believer through our experience and just through practical observation, um, the best time to homeschool is high school. Yes. Why would you? Why would you want to pigeonhole these this budding mind into programmatic stuff when it's actually everyone starts moving into college and life and it's the opposite it's entrepreneurship and it's dream about things and try things and all that and so i don't see any better way practically speaking because of schedule and time 
um, and self-government um, is, I, I would do, I don't know, maybe we talked about it when we had the other podcast, Carol, but if I knew what I knew kind of seen in the future, I'd be like, oh, well, I'll send them to school till sixth grade, but then I'm homeschooling them, <laughs> uh, you know, junior high and high school for sure. Like I would hold firm to that. Um, well, we, we just asked um, one of our kids tonight, we said we were going to be on with you. And it was basically about the long haul and what did they have any comments? We just asked them that yeah. kids. Uh, and the one was, I'm so thankful that mom created for me a syllabus as I got into high school that just gave me the freedom to know what I had to get done, but it was also tailored to my growing interests. Like that was a comment. Well, that you would never get that out of a fifth grader um, or 10 year something. They just can't comprehend it. And so he really values that, that experience heading into high school. And for us, it starts pretty young, 15. They're starting to get their own basically self-directedness. Right. Um, and then what the other one say? Didn't he say he was thankful on uh, on the schedule? He was he was thankful for having uh, being oh he was thankful for being forced to um, manage his time. He was talking about high school time. Mm -hmm. They were in sports, working, schooling. That really grew them and really prepared this particular child for college. For this kid was a breeze. I mean, he just thought what um that was good yeah. for him yeah it was really good for him and then he mentioned the travel um so we've done lots of van trips and driving trips um a lot of it tied to his history mm -hmm. um and he's gonna be 24 and he said I, I really i can say i've been here but i've been there and i've had a tour guide and learned tons of history i haven't just been to gettysburg i know about it and I've been yeah. up and down the Eastern seaboard and um, Hoover Dam and we'd watch the history before we got there. So those things are kind of lost on a six-year-old. Like I, I answering your, your question directly. Uh, I don't think you can fill up the, you know, age three to age 12 year old with all this high school, college level, beyond college level history that you're feeding into a 15 year old, the younger kids just cannot take it in. They, they, they physically can't even process it. And uh, so I, I just think, I think high school, junior high, high school is so worth it. No matter what to high school or to homeschool. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, I would say the same thing. I think if anything, I would say to my younger self, like really do way less kindergarten to sixth grade, like play more, um, really hone in on the character and the work ethic and service serving as they're so eager to serve at that age. Um, read all the time, bake, like really just do a very sweet childhood. That is also kind to you, the mom, because the more kids you have, the more pressure and it ramps up. And, and I just think if I could look back, I would I would have slowed way down and had way lower expectations of myself in that K to sixth grade. Nice. And then really by seventh, eighth grade, 
just it, like their readiness and their eagerness and like the frothiness to get started would have been way more their own situation. Um, and I think that that would have been, uh, yeah, just an approach that would have been, you know, more sustainable for me, you know, even too, in those early years when everybody was home, you know, and so I'm able to kind of temper myself a little bit, even now that we only have three kids that we're, we're teaching, you know, just to remind myself, like, my youngest is 11. And although she's the youngest of eight, so therefore she talks like she's 18. Um, she still deserves a childhood. And she's still at that. That's only something you have one time. And um, her innocence is worthy of guarding and as best as we can in a home with, you know, adults. Um, but but also to just really, you know, continue to provide what our other kids had because um, they have come back to us now. And like, I'll even tell you a story. Um, one of our older kids had come home from college and he was like, mom, why are you not reading the boss Bible? That was like formative for my, <laughs> my like, get back to the basics. You need to get back to the basics. So like they've even gently rebuked me when I thought, oh yeah, we're past the boss Bible. You know, we're, we're moving on to bigger and better theological moments. And he's like, that formed everything I know about God. Get back to the boss Bible. Like, so even in my, you know, looking for something exciting, you know, like I, I've read the boss Bible 15 times, you know, like, I'm like, how many more times can a girl read the boss Bible? It's like, actually it, it, the number of times I did it doesn't, um, doesn't make it not still good and true and beautiful. And honestly, it's those three things that keep me going. It's just, this is a good and true and beautiful life. And, um, I have some non-negotiables that every child will leave here having gone through or done, but those aren't that many things. Mm -hmm. And the rest, God, God just has, our child's life in his hand. And it's already known it's already done. So we just get to participate and being faithful to, um, inspire them towards that reality, not make them into something specific. Mm -hmm. And you're not, you're not, um, slacking on the reins. You know, I think of Caleb that at 80, his eyes were as, as sharp and his body was as strong as when he was 40. And he was saying, you know, give me this mountain, give me this mountain that I've, I've waited for and, and you promised me. And I kind of feel like you and Dan are doing that with your younger children. You're not slacking, which it would be so easy to do. And I want to, like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm being honest. Like there's a good part of me. All my friends are empty nesters. Um, there's just, I, the couples this weekend, they were all empty nesters and they're like, how many, how many more years do you have of this? And I'm like, like eight, you know, cause Ruby, she's in fifth grade. And so I was like, wow. Like, and I can't really think about that either. Like, I just have to do the next right thing. I don't really think about Christmas or September. Like, so my motto with my kids really since COVID has been, you know what? I, I can't, that's a tomorrow problem. And all I know is today I'm commanded to be faithful with this and we're just going to do the next right thing. And a lot of next right things add up to eight years. <laughs> then, then I'll think about that, you know? Um, and so, but, but, but I, it is a season 
Carol, honestly, where I am, I have moved from my own zeal and passion and my own ideas to a real dependency on the faithful hand of God that he will see me to the end because I, I need a, a greater sense of his mercy and his sufficiency and his strength because I'm older. I, I'm older and I don't have the energy or the bandwidth or even the need to do a lot that um, I used to find really important. Mm. And so I've, I've had to, had to open my hands a little bit to, to, to honoring the kids that are born in a, in such a time as this, it's different than my older kids. And they're going to be called to different things that I might not know about. And um, how am I preparing them for that? And so it's, I've had to switch my own, my own mindset a little bit and not try to recreate what I did with the older kids, but allow the non-negotiable things that if they drop, they shat, like that's a, like a life threatening thing. Like these are the non-negotiables and they're really the things that you talk about. And the rest is kind of, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be really open for it to be done in a different way. Hi friends, I have some exciting news. My son JJ and myself are returning to the land of our roots. On Saturday, January 20th, we will be doing our foundational seminar in Costa Mesa, California. It will be held at Watermark Church. Our handouts, which are only available to those who attend our live seminars, have been revised and updated. And the biggest news is that we have created a brand new American history handout. It will be debuted at the January 20th seminar. You do not want to miss this. Early bird pre-registration ends January 10th. Click the link in the show note to register or go to homeschoolmadesimple.net forward slash seminars to register. Now back to the show. Dan, anything else? Because I'm going to ask you to close this in prayer, but anything else that you want to say? No, not really, other than uh, when you talk about, like, our story is just longer than other people's story. <laughs> we've had more. Yeah. yeah, right. So, therefore, we're going to have a longer journey uh, of this. Um, and I think, I think uh, celebrating the mundane, it, is is praiseworthy uh, i i don't i just i think that's how that's what that's what i want to teach my kids i don't i want them to relish another day at the factory if that's what god has for them mm -hmm. uh, i don't want them to be discontent or thinking it's got to be flashy all the time uh, those are those are intermittent and they come and they come at the right time but i just i'm just thinking of homeschooling i think of long you know it's days and ex, ex, exposing and a lot of the sameness and everyone's in their jammies and it's 2 p.m it's like um that's okay but it, it it wasn't bad because it felt the same or it wasn't bad because it felt like another day Mm -hmm. and i i just i i think celebrating the mundane does get everybody through life not just homeschooling yeah i love the phrase a long obedience in the same direction mm. Mm. yeah what you and kira have been doing for many many years mm. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, thank you for your involvement and help to us. Yeah. We couldn't have done it without you, Carol. Oh, that makes me cry. I feel so <laughs> honored <laughs> to be part of your, your family's story because you have sent arrows out into the world and we've already seen the fruit of some of your grown kids and what they're, um, the difference that they're making, the purity of their heart, the things that people say to me about your kids, um, specifically one of your children who served at uh, Coldwater and, and what Kevin has said to me about him. And, you know, it's just, it's so beautiful to see the fruit of this method, which Dr. Moore, of course, invented. It wasn't, it certainly wasn't me. It was, you know, he taught us about that three leg stool and your family has exemplified that work, service and study. Mm. And they've done that and, and they turned out beautifully. And they're just a pleasure to know each one of your children and they're all unique. They're all different. You haven't just pressed them out of a little mold. Each of your eight are completely unique people. Mm. That's yeah. what we want. We want our kids to be fully human but mm -hmm. it's not going to look the same even to their siblings. Like each of them, you know, will have, the, they'll be fully themselves. And what does that look like when we're uh, realized in Christ? What, what does that look like? And, and the opportunity we have as midwives to birth our children into their destinies, into their character, into their callings. It's only God can can get us through and you guys have held on to the lord for dear life and um and you're still holding on to him and you're not done but you've had a lot of good pats on the back from the lord you know yes. as you see the olders turning out and being such a blessing mm -hmm. i think that really encourages you to stay the course and and you are those, those yeah. we're very very thankful thank you we're very yeah. thankful if i may say just one other thing ah, i wow. In addition to that, the Lord was really gracious to give me some very like very simple principles early on that um, one came out of a, a beginning homeschooler named the, with the Elijah company where he talked about like your job is to fan into flame that which has already been written, not to just fill a bucket with your kids. And then the other was with Charlotte Mason, where um, I think I read it in For the For the Children's Sake by Susan um, Macaulay, but like her like rendition of, of Charlotte's work. But it was like children are born persons. I'm not sure I even remember like the fullness of her principle. And it was something along the lines of they have a right to exist as they were made by a loving creator. And those kinds of things just sustain me today. That isn't less true for my younger kids as it was for my older kids, even though my zeal has changed or my energy has changed. It's like they still have a a, a right to that, the, the dignity and the care of them in that fashion. And, and then there's been thousands of conversations you and I have had along those lines on how to make that work. And you remind me, some some years we've talked monthly because I've needed the reminders and some years we've talked yearly like so just you've been faithful to help me be reminded of that in the hard days because there were those it's not been without <laughs> some hard 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 years you know it's there's been days so I think just finding those principles and them still they're still good true beautiful principles that need to be offered to the younger ones even though it might look different 
So that's so that's so sweet. Well, Mr. Dan, you want to pray for these families that are kind of going, oh, my word, this sounds like a long haul. But <laughs> <laughs> would you pray for them, please? Well, I, hope, I hope we're encouraging, but we know. Well, Father, um, you tell us in Second Peter 1 that by way of reminder, five times uh, Peter says it. And so uh, we just all need reminders. So I just pray for everybody listening that um, you are known by the Lord. Uh, all our days were written before we had one. You know words coming out of our mouth before they're spoken. Um, just help us to remember this. We were pursued while we were yet rebels. Help us to love our children the same way. Help us to love difficult neighbors the same way. And help us to remember that you don't require sacrifice on your altar, Lord, uh, but a broken and contrite heart. Amen. You've been listening to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast with Carol Joyce Side. Do you have a friend who could use a little encouragement during a hard season of homeschooling? Pass along this episode and help us share the message of Homeschool Made Simple. If you want to hear more from the Becks, Check out the show notes for other episodes they've been a part of. Thanks for joining us this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. I'm Rachel Winchester. Be sure to join us next time as we help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings. Blessings.